So I'm so excited today to be joined with my friend Corey. Uh, we're currently sitting in the middle of the woods um, with no cell service, sitting under the sun on a beautiful Saturday day here in Washington. Um, I met Corey through my job. Um, when we got onboarded, like we had people that would like teach us things and Corey was one of my teachers for like FMS right yeah and I just remember that the first time we met I feel like we got into like good discussions about like things (laughs) we disagreed on but I can tell when I like meet somebody that has like a certain energy or just like a person that I'm like oh like super intrigued to be around and I felt that way around Corey, like, the first time that I met him, I was like, oh, this guy's, like, super interesting and smart. And so he ended up being my trainer for, four, for like, six weeks, I guess. Yeah, was, uh, whatever, like, three times a week, uh, but then we ended up doing two times a week. So yeah, which was like great. Six weeks. So six weeks of training. Um, so that's a decent amount of time that you're, like, spending with somebody. And I talk a lot, so we ended up, like, talking <laughs> during our sessions. And he just taught me a lot about, like different aspects of health and wellness that I never really I never really like thought about before and also just like your perception or perspective on certain things is super interesting and it's also like how I view certain topics so it's always interesting when you meet someone that like thinks similar as you because it's kind of hard to find that like in today's world Um, So I'm so excited to be joined with you, and first I would just like you to kind of describe like how you live your life or like the verbiage you use around that. Like for me, I say like, I think we talked about this before, like you say like optimal living and like what that means to you. Like there's words like biohacking that people use. Um, So yeah, just explain that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think I try my best to live as optimally as possible in a challenging world for optimal living. Um, it's kind of interesting because like, you know, there's a difference between like, you know, efficiency and optim- optimization, you mm-hmm. know? So like efficient living, you know, it could be like going to McDonald's and picking up a Happy Meal or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then optimal living might be like more like just bringing you back to like nature and how you were meant to live how like a wild human but in a non-wild world <laughs> yes I love that what do you mean by how we're meant to live uh just like you know if you think about uh the evolution of humans and <laughs> the length of time that we've been living the way we live right now compared to the amount of time where we lived in the wild as hunter-gatherers uh you know connected to nature and the earth um compared to in the city life uh so just trying to do my best to emulate that um even though sometimes it's not perfect just trying the best yeah um I was looking up about how it was only 12,000 BC that was the pre or that was the agricultural revolution so if I'm not, if I'm saying it wrong, is it the agricultural revolution was when we domesticated animals and we domesticated wheat and we basically domesticated humans. Is that correct, do you think? Or how do you think that? Like, yeah. what do you think, sh- like, what shifted the hunter-gatherer 
to how we're living now. Oh, like the, well, like the, the very first. Yeah. Like, thing? what do you think? Cause I was reading or listening to something and he was talking about how the domestication of wheat was maybe to make enough food for the slaves that were building mm-hmm. certain things. And then I've also heard that the domestication of wheat was to create alcohol because they were learning that if they soaked the wheat, it yeah. would like, be fermented or something. To have that, to fulfill the craving of alcohol. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, it's hard to say exactly how it happened uh, or why it happened. I, I think that's totally possible. I think also, like, uh, you know, just the want to build up more of a population, you know, mm-hmm. and then, you know, that just kind of comes naturally, I would assume, is to, like, you know, start producing your own and not have to be dependent on you know, nature and the, you know, not knowing if you're going to get food this winter or what. So, I mean, it's hard to say for sure. Um, I think that what you're talking about is an interesting theory for sure. Um, well, when you're saying that they wanted to not wonder like where they're getting food from, so then they domesticated wheat and they had their own crop, but then you can learn about all the like, how if there was a storm, literally all of the food would be gone mm-hmm. and then they would have no food and there would be there was more starving mm-hmm. and more I think uh yeah you're right um I think uh the was it uh civilized to death um yeah, yeah. they had a good uh kind of analogy where uh if you're you know going up in a hot air balloon and you fall out uh, you catch a, the rope on the way down and then you're only like maybe 10 feet from the ground, but you know, you think about, oh, it's probably gonna hurt pretty bad when I drop from here, you know, and that's you getting into agriculture. And so you think, oh, well, I'll just hold on, you know, cause you know, I don't wanna fall. And then just like, you know, you just keep doing agriculture cause you don't want to possibly, you know, have people starve. And then your hot air balloon keeps going up and then you're like, oh, well, now I really can't let go. And same thing with, you know, maybe agriculture. And then uh, pretty soon you're so far up that, uh, you know, the only way, you know, the only outcome is that you, if you do let go, just like if you do let go of agriculture is that you're going to die or a lot of people are going to die Mm -hmm. uh, just like as if you drop from the hot air balloon so I think that's a good analogy Mm -hmm. because it's uh totally uncertain exactly what happened yeah Uh, but I think you know maybe there was something that stemmed the switch like you're talking about with the you know need for uh to feed slaves um or like just the desire for alcohol or any kind of you know desire of a certain uh highly you know palatable type of uh, uh food mm-hmm. and then you just want more and so you figure out a way to make more you know? yeah I don't know I don't know either I think that's interesting to think about like when did they stop living like when did they domesticate animals it's just so interesting for me well, I think, to a, think about uh, that. the domestication of animals might have happened before yeah uh, agriculture so. but they didn't I think, like, the breeding of, like, we're going to move all these sheep and have them, like, breed more sheep. Maybe that was, I don't know. It was interesting to think about. Um, How do you think, so I, I'm, like, the same way. Like, I've always kind of tried to, like, live wild and, like, stay to your roots and, like, try to be more, like, 
primal living. Um, what do you think are the main ways that like modern society like blocks that? Like, what do you think are some ways that it like they almost make it hard to yeah. live that way? Uh, it's hard to say what the most is. Uh, what is usually the most on my mind is uh, uh, the lighting, the, you know, uh, <gasps> extreme blue light, mismatch, certificating rhythm type lighting um, throughout the city mm-hmm. and how you can, you know, you, you have to mitigate that with, you know, like blackout curtains or, you know, uh not using uh you know or any kind of lighting instead using like fire and stuff so that's that's one of the things and like you know bringing blue light blocking glasses when you go out at night which you know usually that's not really it's like a you know trade-off of like going out at night and then also screwing up your circadian rhythm for me personally it's like not worth it and so it kind of you know that changes things so uh, so that's like a big one and then how does that and then continue after but how does the blue light affect someone's circadian rhythm and like what is circadian rhythm uh so like circadian rhythm uh the way i think about it is just like uh how your hormones uh change throughout the day mm-hmm. and so light affects that uh and you could probably i think there's you know a lot of it's very complex but um yeah. you know if you want to just go but the most simple would be like cortisol uh, early in the morning uh, and then uh, melatonin later in the day. Mm-hmm. And so, and then also like the idea of creating more melatonin during the day through being out in the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you get that mismatch, then, you know, it's going to throw off everything. Basically, you, know, you have a whole cascade of everything getting, uh, you know, into kind of like chaos. Um where you might just have high cortisol the entire day. And what is cortisol? Uh, I guess you could call it the stress hormone, mm-hmm. but I, I, that's like a simple way of thinking about it because it's not really necessarily uh, stress. It's just, uh, you know, more like you're awake, you know, do something, mm-hmm. you know, type hormone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your melatonin is just like your go to sleep and rest and uh, recover and regenerate mm-hmm. uh, and like turn over, you know, cells and stuff like mm-hmm. that, uh, and, like anti-cancer, all that good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I, I'd say that's one of the most important things, in my opinion, uh, in, in terms of trying to live more optimally. Mm-hmm. So. No, I agree. I think that melatonin is such an interesting, like important hormone for people to have a lot of. Um, it also like impacts their dreams and like REM sleep and just all the cycles of sleep I feel like and if they're not getting that it's there's so many things that down like long term they'll see more issues I think that's like a huge thing with a lot of this is people are so in the moment or like I'm not feeling bad now they kind of say that but it's like it's the the small like chronic not optimization of your life that's gonna like result in disease or problems yeah yeah. right is that oh yeah definitely uh it's like a long-term type thing um i also don't think i think a lot of people don't really know what it feels like to feel optimal you know and so they just are you know living in a kind of just getting uh (laughs) 
thrown through the ringer like every single day and they think that's okay and that's normal you know mm-hmm. instead of feeling optimal like they uh they just you know think that's normal and so like i think that's really important is just like get people to understand what feeling good does actually feel like mm-hmm. you know so feeling yeah. optimal and like you know a lot of times you look at people and uh they say that uh you know they're healthy and they're fine but then you see um you know certain things that uh you definitely know that they're not healthy and fine uh you know like you might see some inflammation signs or like uh you know like malocclusion or like what is malocclusion uh like so it's complex but uh (laughs) just like you know you see that their teeth haven't formed correctly uh and so like their bite is off and like you might might see their jaw structure is not uh optimal either interesting um stuff like that is what i look for a lot uh is mine messed up (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna say it (laughs) no you you have a fairly wide palate like it's in a good way that's a good thing uh so that you can like you know shift and stuff but i'm sure you have some uh you know, crossbite type stuff that yeah. doesn't allow you so to... So I got in... I had braces, too, when I was little. So does that all yeah. impact your... Yeah, because, like, the only reason why you might need braces is because you uh, are not fully... You know, not developing your jaw uh, correctly. Um, hmm. Probably through movement and, uh, like, also chewing. Uh, and th- there's also some interesting things. I don't really know exactly how to explain it fully uh but some things that i've you know found out recently was that uh even like your uh like light exposure um might affect your jaw development whoa that's Uh, interesting that's really interesting because like uh because you know about like deuterium and stuff like that and deuterium uh increased deuterium might lead you to be more of a mouth breather and then being a mouth breather Mm. might lead you to uh then not uh opposing your face muscles from uh caving your uh basically your Mm -hmm. um jaw in Mm. and then making it so that there's not enough room for your teeth and then they have to shift and uh then look crooked and then uh people think oh well your teeth are crooked so we need to fix that and so then they put some braces on them and then that locks them up even more because then they can't shift and move and get things to like separate and then you know at a a time in their life when they should be shifting and moving the most which you know when you're a younger uh person and so it might make it even worse on top of that so (laughs) oh my god Uh, that's crazy it is what it is it is what it is but um it's just interesting um because then you can you can just it's it's always interesting just to look at those signs and i'm not trying to you know shame anyone no by looking at those signs but i always just think it's really interesting yeah someone can say they're healthy and they're like well what do you everyone has a complete different definition of what healthy means yeah or even fit ever actually be uh fully healthy oh no yeah um, I don't think so either. You can't in today's world. <laughs> yeah, unless you were legit a hunter-gatherer, I would say it's not yeah. possible. Yeah, yeah. Um, Interesting. Okay, so I want to dive into deuterium because <laughs> I remember, I don't, the first time you told me about it, I was just like, what is this guy <laughs> talking about? Like, what is deuterium? I've never heard that word. Um, and then you had sent me a podcast to listen to it was like three hours long kind of 
describing deuterium and it really like when I was hearing the words I like felt you know when you hear something and you're just like you feel in your heart that it's like true and like real like Mm -hmm. I felt that with like a lot of the things you say and then just looking into the deuterium thing I think it's just interesting so what is deuterium uh so deuterium is an isotope of hydrogen uh so it's basically hydrogen with an extra proton uh so instead of being one proton one electron it's uh two protons one electron so it's uh if you look at any element it's going to be the highest uh variance in uh like what atomic weight uh compared to any other element so it's basically double almost double the weight uh, not quite but almost double the weight so you call it you could call it heavy heavy hydrogen or and then uh you look at what contains hydrogen the most it'd be water uh and then so then you talk about heavy water and then you measure that in like parts per million um and so basically if you looked at it like in a simple uh type of idea it would clog and like slow down your um mitochondria in creating atp and like Mm -hmm. going through the electron transport chain uh from my understanding primarily at the atp synthase uh, because it slows down that spinning Mm -hmm. uh uh, last step and why is that important so and then like you you know atp they call it the energy currency of the body Mm -hmm. uh so you know you're creating like i don't even know like uh billion trillions probably you know even more than that uh atp every day Mm -hmm. so if you get that bogged down you know and you you slow that down by having too much uh you know uh heavy water or deuterium in your uh cells then you're going to have a lot harder time creating that atp which is so important and essential to basically everything that you're doing um like every single process that happens in your body and like it even it's interesting even it atp is important for uh your protein structures like, that was something i don't know it was like a year ago I, uh, there was a study about it and how if you have like a protein in like a liquid um then you don't have any atp in there then the protein structure and everything will kind of fall apart and things will not hold it's you know position mm-hmm. and then if you do have atp in there then it will uh, hold its position the protein structure will stay the way it's supposed to be and mm-hmm. so and like protein structure is so important for you know enzymes and you know uh different reactions and stuff yeah. in the body so and basically deuter like something with a lot of deuterium is going to impact your mitochondria you is that like a big also, overview like, of it it could affect a lot of other things where like it like if you had like a hormone that belonged like you know like the lock and key type of a thing you know and then that's uh hormone or protein or whatever changes structure slightly and then it won't go into that uh you know uh position the way it should and then you might get you know something not working right or it does something different than what it actually is supposed to do you know or doesn't do it at all type of thing Mm -hmm. because you have too much deuterium that's affecting the uh the structure of proteins and enzymes and stuff and i think that's like a in terms of the fact that there's an extra proton as well as the fact that they're you know have enough atp um so 
Yeah. Hmm. So how can you, like, how do you try to remove, because you want to have low deuterium in your body then, right? Is that... So you do want, as an adult, you do want to have uh, low deuterium. Uh, as a child, um, from my understanding, it's about to, till you're, when you're 25 and under, you want to have a moderate, maybe even high deuterium, as long as you don't have un other unhealthy, uh, like, uh, exposures in your life, huh. then having a higher deuterium could be beneficial because uh, deuterium also is important for unfolding your DNA uh, in order mm. to replicate it. And so then after you're 25, you should be fully developed for the most part. And at that point, you want to have lower deuterium so that you don't just like, you know, keep on, you know, creating too much stuff and having overgrowth of like, you know, cells and stuff like that. And like, you know, because it could be, like, pro-cancer and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, and so then, yeah, after after 25 and later, you want to be uh, making sure that you deplete your deuterium enough that it stays at a stable uh, level. Do you um, know what the level is supposed to be? So um, the Signature Health dudes, uh, they've done a lot of different testing. Like, I think it's, like, in the thousands of people. And if you are above 130 then uh that's where they see a lot of like issues you know if what issues so like they're i think they're primarily uh focused on cancer and so like everyone that they've seen that has cancer would have uh above 130 parts per million deuterium in their uh tissues mm -hmm. and uh that doesn't mean that you have cancer but it just means that you uh have more of a likelihood of uh, developing cancer yeah and and or and it could be a lot of different health things because yeah, yeah. it's like pro-inflammatory mm, um, okay. and then uh, if you have below 130 then they haven't seen anyone out of the thousands of people that they tested uh, with cancer so below 130 parts per million, parts per million. Yeah. so what are ways that you can get your deuterium below 130 um so what they focus on a lot is uh, what you eat. So you're trying to eat low deuterium foods. So like, you know, things, things with high saturated fat content would be low deuterium. Um, what saturated fat mean? Like what is foods that have? Oh, uh, bacon. Yeah. <laughs> eat some bacon. Uh, stuff like that. Yes. So anyways, and then like, um, you know, it could be like coconut uh, oil too is a good one. Uh-huh. Anyway, so then you have the saturated fat, and then your mitochondria will actually be the one that produces more of the low deuterium or deuterium depleted water. Okay. Um, Based then, off of eating that, you eat that, and then it has your mitochondria. That. Yeah, and then you, you'll create that water in your cells because um, it's not the fat that's, you know, the water. Is You eat the fat, and then your mitochondria turn it into the water, and then that, you know, is in your cells. Hmm. Um, and then also like, I mean, like, uh, grounding could be a good way to do it. Uh, mm. red light or sunlight could be a good way to do it. Um, Why does grounding help that? Um, so grounding yeah. helps with the exclusion zone of your, uh, of the water in your body. Um, so when you have a better exclusion zone, it basically creates a layer that goes um, against anything that's uh, more hydrophilic or sorry hydrophobic in your body, and it creates a, a layer of like excluded water 
so that means that there's nothing besides uh, probably uh, light water. So like, you know, just normal like mm -hmm. uh, water that has, you know, just regular hydrogen and no deuterium. So then the more grounded, the more red light, the more sunlight, the more, you know, all that stuff, the more that your body is going to be able to excrete the deuterium because of the exclusion zone in your cells and your like blood vessels and arteries and stuff. Okay. that's kind of confusing, but it may, it, you're able to like remove the heavy yeah. water or the deuterium. Yeah, Cause you can, you're basically creating that exclusion zone to get rid of it like so there's a zone uh, where there cannot be deuterium and then that will then allow your cells and um, mitochondria and everything to get rid of it I don't okay. know it, I don't know I honestly I wouldn't be able to like just sit here and explain it to you in yeah. terms of like the step-by-step -step process but yeah that's interesting though yeah they've so, proven that 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 grounding and yeah, so sunlight help uh, people's deuterium levels. Yeah, the fourth phase of water uh, is the book, oh, that, book? Uh, that you would learn about that stuff. Okay, I need uh, to read that book. What's his name? Yeah, I'm forgetting his name, but anyways, fourth phase of water. Hmm. Does he talk about deuterium in that book at all? Uh, or he's talking no. about the exclusion zone. He talks about the exclusion zone, and then you would like connect the dots between. Uh, different like researchers to be able to then understand that at that level i think because uh, the fourth phase of water is a pretty simple book mm -hmm. but it's very interesting um and it kind of gives you insight into the like red light and grounding and hmm. stuff like that that's interesting a different way to like look at grounding because i've always looked at it as like the field like the electrical field well, yeah. Of the earth. And there like is you... that, for sure. Um, but then also the, you know. So just everyone should be grounded, like, every day. That's. Uh, well, not necessarily remember we talked about Oh, this. yeah, depending where you are. Because then, then if you're, like, too close to a cell phone tower, then you're going to turn yourself into an antenna. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to get uh, more of the negative effects uh, from a cell tower. Yeah. Or, hmm. or uh, non-native EMF. That's interesting. I still just feel like sitting on... Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm not going to tell you not to. It's yeah. It's totally yeah. up to you, but uh, I've heard that, you know, you want the, uh, you know, if you have a meter, you want it in the, like, point zero zero kind of range. Mm, uh, of where you're going to sit? If, yeah. If yeah. you're in that environment, you want it, you know, if you have it at point zero whatever like you know one then it's probably not ideal I'm, but I'm if interested. you have it below the point zero zero so they ground wires when that's like how electricity is right they put it under the ground and ground it so that the earth's field like electrical field will like neutralize anything that like hits it so if it was like struck by lightning it wouldn't have nothing would happen because the earth's field would like neutralize it mm -hmm. so that's why i'm wondering like if there was wiring under you doesn't the earth just like neutralize it so that you're still absorbing the earth's field so you're talking about if, if there was a ground a ground wire and you were next to it yeah because you're saying then... if you're close to towers but isn't that still affecting or is that not affecting the, the, so, the energy i guess it's kind of similar so so if you're next to the towers then like you're going to be more likely a conduit for the you know uh, 
basically, I guess, the electricity going through your body into the ground, you mm. know, into the earth. So you turn yourself into a grounding rod. And then if you're next to a grounding rod, then uh, there could be uh, like a field of um, electricity low-level electricity going out, you know, and I don't know how far out. You'd have to test it. I've never done that. Yeah, you'd have to test. Because they do the test where they test if you're conducting with the earth, like if you're... Yeah, if it changes things. So I've never tested that, but I think it would just be a good idea not to uh, go barefoot next to a grounding rod. (laughs) So (laughs) Standing on it and dancing. Yeah. Probably not. Okay, so we were originally talking about, like, ways that modern society like blocks you from like being wild and the first thing you talked about was like blue light um so what are ways that you like reduce your exposure to blue light in your life um kind of like what i mentioned before so uh curtains blackout curtains uh so i can just have it like pitch black when i'm sleeping so to the point where like if i wave my hand in front of my face i can't see it um and then uh using candles or fire um, as much as possible, or I have like a uh, red light um, that I'll use if I uh, need to see a little bit more, you know, but it's after sunset. Uh-huh. Um, and then you have, I have like my blue blocking gla- glasses. Uh, Which ones do you have? You have raw optics? Uh, I'd like to get some raw optics, but I uh, still have the carbon shades. Okay. Um, I need to get the raw optics because they're the colored. Yeah. They're like orange. <laughs> I want to wait because uh, they might be doing uh, um, a different way of creating the lenses. Instead of using uh, glass or plastic, they are looking at using quartz. Nice. Uh, and so I want to wait till they do that, even yeah. if it costs like an extra whatever, 100 bucks. I would do it, yeah. I would rather buy the quartz ones. Uh, Will you be able to see through that? <laughs> yeah, because like glass used to be made out of quartz. Okay. And now it's, uh, I don't know, what I guess, what's it made out of sand now? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. But anyways, uh, the quartz doesn't block as much red light, and uh, I don't know if it blocks UV, the quartz does, but I know glass does block block UV, and then it blocks around 60% of red light. And you want you So you want, want that UV? red light. Do you want UV, and you want... Ideally, you would get the UV, like, in terms of, like, not being uh, messed with. It probably is not ideal if you have, like, uh, you know, certain parts of the spectrum of UV, but you don't have others because, like, you kind of want the whole entire spectrum of mm-hmm. everything. Um, Except for blue light. No, well, it's not that blue light's bad. It's just that you don't want to have that mismatch of blue light. Because oh, okay. there's blue light, light out right now. Um, but it's just the, like, after dark I would say like the average American is like on a screen probably yeah just consuming like blue light like they're just on uh-huh. for hours past when the sun goes down yeah so that would be not, not ideal for optimal uh-ness <laughs> um, <laughs> so like for that like you want to use the blue blocking glasses or like the red ones uh, and then like during the day you probably want to use more like the yellow ones um unless you're outside so that's something new uh I get, there was a new study that showed like Oops. that uh if you wear glasses uh then you're going to be more likely to like develop all these different issues wear what uh, glasses sunglasses any glasses oh interesting uh because 
because it blocks 60% of the red light. Ooh, yeah. And so now it seems like it'd probably be a better idea if you're outside to just have your screen turned down and, and use something like Iris to turn down the blue. Uh, Is and that then, an, uh, software for the computer or the phone? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so for the phone, I don't really know what to do for Android. There is an iris thing, but it doesn't work that great from my experience. But then for like the uh, iPhone, you just use the, um, whatever it's called, color filters. To, we made the, yeah. yeah. I can put it in the description of how yeah, to. To make it red. I love that. People are always like, your phone's red. I'm like, I know, it's amazing. <laughs> it's so much better. How do you do that? And it's it really doesn't like make my experience less on my phone. You know, yeah. like I can still do everything. It's just like um, sometimes you, you have a, like a little mystery of where the, the red button <laughs> the is that you're supposed to push. You got to turn it on and or Yeah, you turn it on and off and real quick <laughs> and uh, then you see the red button and you push and it. Then and then turn it. <laughs> and then you have to like use your, your memory to remember where that red button was next time you visit that same site. So it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's your own little kind of game with the phone. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, those are the things that I would say like the red, the blue blocking glasses blackout curtains, fire, and um, uh, iris is, is good. And then, uh, you know, for the light and just in general, you want to get early morning or, you know, um, sunrise type mm-hmm. of light. Uh, Why do they say that? I've heard that a lot. Because, uh, like, the, the frequency of that light's going to be a lot different. There's going to be, like, very, very high levels of red, and there's going to be no UV. Uh, and so... When you go out there, you can actually look right at the sun um, without damaging your eyes. Um, Right when it comes up, you don't want to do it after sunrise. Uh, (laughs) Like, you know, you want to do it as you're seeing the sun, you know, peak up. And then after it's like all the way up, at that point, you don't want to look directly at it anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But as it's coming up, then you can watch it and you'll get like these uh, frequencies that are going to help to uh, regulate your hormones throughout the rest of the day kind of like you know setting yourself up for the right like cascade of hormones throughout the rest of the day that's good um so what do you think about like so with the I've always been like so anti like technology and like anti phones and just always been like those are so bad and (laughs) I remember like my I always just said that like my freshman year of college I think I wrote a bunch of papers on like how like the negative effects of technology but I always used to focus on like the aspect of technology where it was bad of like the psychological effects where people yeah like dopamine or just people posting and then comparing themselves to other people like I don't know I just think it's like a superficial something is on the screen that's not real that people were all comparing their life to it. So I was mainly looking at, like, the psychological effects of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I always thought, like, it's probably not the best for people to just be on their phone and then they have their Apple Watch and then they have, like, their AirPods and then they have their iPad and then they have their computer and then they have their TV and their Neuralink. That's (laughs) coming up next. And I just think, like, reading certain books about it and just seeing a lot of research that proves all these negative effects that are caused from those I think it's just so hard when you like how do you even explain to people that all of the the things that they find convenient and like 
accessible and easy in their life are really very harmful for them. Uh, like, I mean, I, I usually don't explain it to them <laughs> unless they ask me, you know, or they're curious yeah, or, yeah. you know, bring something up. Um, I usually don't. <laughs> so I try not to uh, give unsolicited, unsolicited advice mm-hmm. as much as possible because usually it doesn't turn out so well. So I, like, I try to lead by example. And so, like, mm. like you were saying, like, you know, if you got your phone on a red screen and someone's like, oh, your phone's red. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's great. It helps me sleep. You know, and they're like, what? And then you might have a little opportunity to give someone like a little, uh, I don't know, people like to call it a seed, you know. Yeah, and yeah, you plant that seed in You then. plant a little seed and then it like might grow in, you know, a few weeks. It might grow in a few months or years or whatever. Or maybe it never grows and it just dies. And, you know. <laughs> Poor but, seed. No, uh, I think that you're so fabulous at that because even like things I've learned from you, I feel like you're never like, Emily, you have to do this. But you, I don't know. I think that that's such a good way to be and like lead by example. And yeah. that's how I try to be with most. I think sometimes maybe I'm a little more pushy than you are towards <laughs> people. But I still try to just be like, this has really helped my life and made me feel good. And like what you were saying earlier, like people don't know how to feel good. And I just want, I want people to feel as good as I feel like doing some of those optimization things that I've done so I always am wanting to like not make people feel like I don't even know what they feel like yeah you don't (laughs) yeah uh no I totally agree like I really don't think everyone has to do any of this stuff you know yeah yeah it's totally up to them uh and it might not even be worth it to them you know they're like oh yeah well I felt really good when I did that for a week but it totally sucked and I hated it you know? Yeah, then don't do it and <laughs> yeah. keep continue to do like what you normally yeah. do. Yeah. Um, or find some kind of middle ground or, you know, oh, maybe I could do this one or two things. Um, and then, you know, I feel pretty good, but the cost, you know, to benefit ratio is, is correct for me, you know? Mm, yeah. So. Versus you don't have to try to like you don't have to do, do all of these things and then yeah. not... You do all the things and then you get a lot of benefit, but then it's like the cost is way too high and you're just like, I'm done. I'm not doing any of it now, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because you want to still be a part for, or at least I do. Like, I still want to be a part of this, like, society. And, like, I know (laughs) you're a little more off of it than me. And I I still want to, like, participate in some things that are quote-unquote, like, not optimal for you just for, like, happiness and... Yeah, um, yeah. I just think it's important to, if you would like to, to realize the negative consequences. Because like, it's totally fine if you do those things. And I think it's just important to have the knowledge of the consequences. Because there's always consequences with everything, whether it's mm-hmm. a negative consequence or it's a positive consequence. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah, it depends. Because you could say that if you did fully like do a lot of these like, optimization, like biohacking, where you have all these... Like, remove all the red light or blue light and eat this way and never do this and never do this, then are you missing out on, like, another aspect of your exactly. life so, or your happiness or... Yeah, then you don't have enough time to do whatever you love doing, you know? Yeah. Uh, like, I don't think it has to be like that. Like, you probably, you definitely do have time, uh, but some people might think that way, and that's fine. Yeah. So. Dang. So, how do you think that... 
Like, do you think that we've reached a peak in technology, or do you think that it's just going to continue <laughs> no. to, like, take... I don't know if I want to use the word take over, but just continue to grow, or I don't know what you, how you would explain that. I'm not sure either, but I definitely don't think it's going to stop right here. Um, I don't really know what will be the stopping point. I think uh, there has to be... Maybe there's a tipping point of... And not to say that all technology is bad, but, uh, you know, maybe there's a tipping point where people, uh, you know, enough people realize the negative consequences to the point where then, you know, in a capitalist type society, the consumers decide that, you know, they've had enough and Mm. they'd rather have something else or, or maybe that, uh, they still want technology, but they want it in a healthy, uh, yeah. you know, type of uh, way, which I, is totally possible, but it's just not as uh, uh, economical. Like, you know, it's going to be more expensive. Mm-hmm. And also, like, you know, you're not going to, as the technology companies, you're gonna get, not going to have that, like, addiction type of a base, you know, where you can just, like, cook people to the point where they just, like, are starving for dopamine and stuff, you know? Uh, so I definitely <laughs> think uh, that is a factor, but... That's why I think it's so important to do these things is so that you have enough, like, dopamine, you have enough, like, health to realize, you know, what's going on and to um, make a change. Because, mm. like, some people just don't have the ability to change because they don't have a high enough dopamine or, like, they, or different neurotransmitters Oops. to even, you know, not even, like, mentally change, but actually, like, physiologically change, you know? Yeah, physiologically. They just don't even have that They're option. so coded. Their brain's so coded, like in this pathway that's not yeah. optimal in my in my view that they're so far stuck in that pathway that it's yeah very hard yeah because like you, you dig enough a big enough uh you know rut or canal you can't get out of it you know you're stuck yeah that's how your neurons are i always yeah. believe that that it's it's what you focus on or do that will get mm-hmm. bigger yeah hmm that's gonna be interesting to see yeah, it's hard to say uh, if people will just, you know, continue to be more and more, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, deprived or, you know, uh, unhealthy to the point where they, uh, you know, we get, I don't know, I guess you could call it enslaved by technology. Yeah. Or if they uh, are healthy enough and able to, like, kind of wake up and then do what I was talking about earlier where they demand uh, healthy products, um, Mm -hmm. you know, things that are not going to make them worse. Yeah. I think that a big problem with all of like technology advancements is that it's just been so rapid and a lot of people don't understand like, like how small of a time we've had these many technologies in our like lifetime. They're like, it's been forever. It's like, no, I was telling you how sneakers were invented in the 1960s. Like that just blew my mind. Yeah. Or now we have all these like I think we've advanced so far, so fast, so quickly. So I don't think that a lot of people have like caught up to like seeing the side effects of some of the things. Yeah, I think uh, it's interesting because humans are like able to adapt so quickly that it seems like forever, like you said, or sorry, uh, it's it seems like forever, but it's actually not very long. You know, like you said, uh, so like you know, our brains are able to adapt so quickly and stuff. And so like, we are able to like take on this new tool, like a cell phone and just like utilize it to the point where we can't go, you know, stop using it. Uh, and then it seems normal to us because we adapt so quickly with our brains. 
Uh, but then you look at the whole entire spectrum of, you know, human existence and it's, you, you probably wouldn't even be able to see the little sliver of, you know, cell phones you in that whole yeah. entire existence. And it's just like, because I think because we were able to adapt so quickly, then like a very short time frame uh, can be like a slow, like frog boil type of an idea, you know? Frog boil? <laughs> you know, that whole <laughs> analogy where... I've never heard that. you never heard that? So, like, the analogy that if you take a frog and you put it in a kettle, don't have a lid, unfortunately, and you put the frog in there and you turn it on, if you just crank it, uh, or if you have the, the, if you throw him in a boiling pot, then he's just going to jump out. Oh, yes, But yes, if yes. you turn it on and then you slowly warm it up, then it'll just hang out there and to the point where it's boiling and then he'll just be cooked, you know, and he won't notice, you know, the frog yeah. won't notice. Same thing, like, you know, but I think it's just, like, interesting because, like, I think it's on a different, like, level because our brains are so quick to able to, like, see something and use it and adapt to it that uh, that frog boil can happen so quickly, you know, like, idea. <sighs> yeah. I, I think it's really interesting. Um, so, anyways. Yeah, I don't know. I I think it will just be really interesting my heart just hurts like very badly when I see things where um young children are almost being like forced to be on devices um yeah that's sad and I do think that there's been an increase in like blue light blocking glasses and like screen time and all of these things and we're starting to like moderate or keep track of usage maybe sometimes but I don't know it's going to be really interesting to see um how kids that are given a cell phone at age 10 but then their parents what they're doing is their parents are getting all these apps Mm -hmm. so if you were my kid like I would give you a phone when you're 10 because you're 10 and you deserve a phone that's what they're Mm -hmm. apparently thinking and then they put I would put all these devices on your phone where I can track where you're going and seeing where you're going and I can see all of your text messages and I can see all of your profiles and like everything you're doing on your screen and I can block out like you can't search porn or you can't search sex or you can't search drugs you can't search these things like I'm controlling your device Mm -hmm. um and the kids how I've been here or how I learned about that is that the kid is like, oh, this makes sense because my mom's just, like, looking out for me. And the parent's like, I'm just, like, monitoring there what they're doing. Um, but I really see that having a lot of negative long-term consequences on the kid. Like the, the, the kind of like a nanny type thing. Yeah. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you yeah, can't just turn it off and say like never look at this like the kid will probably grow up to be like 20 years old and maybe they're exposed to something and they have no way of dealing with it or handling it because they've never been taught for me I think it's just people don't even parent to child communication is not always the best anymore and parents can't like sit down and have a conversation with their child about like anything like I don't know I think sometimes especially quote-unquote difficult conversations like teaching your kids about drugs and sex and all of these bad things Mm -hmm. that they're probably going to be exposed to instead they're just getting these apps being like well the app is gonna monitor them them limit them limit them completely block it out yeah yeah that's interesting i think yeah we try to have a uh like 
instead of telling our girls not to do something, we tell them why they should not do the thing, um, you know, or yeah. why it's not ideal to do that thing. And we, we try to not make anything like, you know, taboo or like, you know, oh, that's naughty, you know, just be like, oh, you know, actually, you know, that thing is not ideal because of this reason, you know, so. Yeah, instead of putting. And starting like, that at like a young age, um, instead hmm. of just like, like you're talking about, just put limits and boundaries on that are like undefined and like kind of like you know, are never talked about yeah yeah never talked about and that's then this kid grows up and they're like 20 and then they're exposed to something and they don't have the capacity to handle it or I don't know it's gonna be there's a black mirror episode about that but yeah <laughs> I'm sure yeah yeah it's... the mom has a tablet and so the baby's born and then the mom puts a they get a chip put in the baby uh-huh. the baby's brain and then the mom has a device where she controls everything her daughter sees. A dog's barking, she turns the bark down. Like, oh. <laughs> it's, it's, these boys over here have a gun or something, and so she turns that off. Like, she filters everything her daughter sees. Yeah. And then the daughter, when she turns, like, 18, goes insane and, like, okay, it's like the, freaks it's like out. At, at 18, then Well, no, so she started decision. realizing, like, that her mom, well, when she was little, her mom told her, like, I have this, and I can, like, what you see and the little girl was like that's okay like I'm glad that you're like protecting me and then she gets older and she wants to like see these things like she can't see blood and so then she like something happens and it's blurred and she's like what is that and it it's like she goes crazy like inside of her body and so she gets the device and like breaks it and like freaks out because she's been digging into her brain to try to get the plant out (laughs) i know that's happened in some of those episodes but not that one she uses the device actually to kill her mom she like (laughs) takes the device and like goes psychotic because her mom like filtered everything in the world for her and we shouldn't be controlled by the devices or by anybody else and i think that's why i feel so yucky about hearing that parents are doing that to their kids it's like mm-hmm. control is never in my mind a good thing yeah yep i agree like censorship is usually not <laughs> ideal <laughs> i know we'll see what happens um so how do you uh, i remember when you were telling me about like deuterium and like eating and like eating local and eating things that are like grown in areas that you like live why mm-hmm. that's better uh yeah i think it's a deuterium thing because uh if you're gonna eat local then you're gonna eat stuff that has um the same amount of deuterium as like the rainwater in your area and then mm. that would be uh then like you know, the more sunlight and the more red light and the more UV and all that good stuff and grounding, the more likely you're, you're going to be able to deplete that stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, if you live in the, um, at the equator, then you're going to have, like, a pretty high deuterium uh, type of a diet. But then uh, you're going to be able to deplete it really easily by as long as you go outside uh, mm-hmm. and stuff. But if you live at, like, the North Pole, then you're going to have a really low deuterium diet. Uh, but you're also going to have a really hard time depleting it uh, because of the environment that you're in. So, hmm. um, and so like, and that just correlates to ideally if you're eating like, you know, in the summer, 
there's going to be a lot more of a chance to deplete your deuterium. Um, <laughs> but uh, also, uh, there's going to be, um, you know, higher deuterium in the plants that you're eating. And then vice versa, if you're, you know, eating in the winter, then there's going to be a lot less deuterium available uh, in terms of, like, the plants that you're eating. And there's going to be a lot more, like, you know, likelihood that you're going to be eating, like, high fat type foods and low deuterium type foods and then you're also not going to have as high of a chance of depleting that deuterium so hmm. that's why it's not ideal to eat a banana or a pineapple from you know the equator somewhere uh while you live here in washington state you know maybe yeah uh during the winter so hmm. uh and it's probably if you really wanted to be 100%, then you probably wouldn't even want to eat that, you know, banana or pineapple during the summer, too, if you live in, like, Washington yeah. State, because, yeah, I don't it see... It wasn't produced where you live. Yeah, I don't see any bananas or pineapples growing here, so, yeah. you know. Um, but you should eat some, like, raspberries and blackberries and strawberries and stuff like that during the summer yeah. when you're living in, like, Washington State, so... Hmm. Uh, I'd say that that's, like, the main reason why you would want to eat local, and then also, you know, you get all the other things where, you know, the nutrients are going to be higher, you mm -hmm. know, all that good stuff, and you're not going to have, like, all the um, preservatives mm -hmm. and stuff like that and on there, so... That's and it's produced better. in... A, I love that. That blew my mind the first time you told me about that, because I never... That just never came into my thought process of like, oh, this pineapple was made in wherever, Hawaii, and I, my body is here. Like, I'm not probably yeah. supposed to eat it, which like, if I'm in Hawaii, I'll eat probably a bunch of yeah, pineapple because it. it's, yeah. you're there. But that just really like made me feel like, oh, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so I like that. Thank you for teaching me that. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, that's what I think uh, a lot of people are like asking what the best diet is and you know uh all that good stuff but uh there is no really best diet it's like you just want to eat as if you were going to like the farmer's market like a, a real farmer's market or like you know you're just like growing your own stuff or you're picking your own stuff out of like foraging mm -hmm. um that would be the most ideal uh you know if you were like hunting and gathering basically yes. you know it's gonna be the best I completely agree with that. Um, and or close as close as possible. Yeah, as close to would, you. Uh, makes sense for your lifestyle, you know. Which is interesting because we could have, like, you could have ancestors that go back to tribal times where they were living in an area, like, near the equator where they mm -hmm. were eating primarily probably, like, vegetables and fruits and because yeah, probably didn't eat as protein, much protein yeah. and meat mm -hmm. and then you had other tribes probably that were in like i don't know alaska or somewhere that was yeah they always talk about the inuit inuit yeah, yeah and stuff like that where so. they ate probably a lot more especially yeah during like the their winter they would eat a lot more fat basically yeah protein so, so it's interesting because i would like wonder where so if you're living like in an environment that so if I were to move to like the equator but I wasn't like my ancestors weren't from there I don't know I just wonder if your body would like adapt does that make sense like um yeah I think it would to a point but like you know if you had darker skin then you could be in the equator and you could be out in the sun all day 
you know. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if you had lighter skin, you would have a harder time doing that at the equator, and vice versa for being up north. You hmm. know, if you had darker skin, you'd have a harder time because you'd literally have to be out in the sun like the entire day, you know, to, to get actually get enough vitamin D. Ooh, Whereas yeah. if you had lighter skin, then you would be able to just go out there for a couple hours every day, maybe to get the vitamin D and all that good stuff. So. Hmm, that was interesting to learn about that different, yeah. like skin tones have different like vitamin D requirements or? Uh, yeah, so like I'd, I'd say like, you know, sun requirements to sun then requirements. develop the vitamin D, you know? Okay. So like, you know, uh, it's interesting because like uh, Jack Cruz talks about, uh, he likes to point out how uh, like football players um, with darker skin you know, they get traded uh, from somewhere, like, in the southern area of the United States, and then they get traded to a different team, and they end up in the northern area of the United States, and then they get injured shortly after. Um, Ooh, it's, that's it's really so interesting. interesting. It's a, you know, interesting correlation um, of how that Could be due to sometimes. them not... Yeah. It could be just the fact that they are in a different environment, and they're not getting enough of the sun in order to uh, keep themselves healthy and so because hmm. like vitamin D and uh, like bone health are very important so yeah if you don't um, have your, your bone health then you're gonna get injured you're gonna get injured so. that's so interesting um I really feel like so I grew up in Colorado and then I lived in California and then I moved here and I feel like my body fits in when this environment like I can just tell like so much that my body's like meant to be in this sort of an really? environment yeah, yeah i can't be around like dry heat mm-hmm. or like really cold my body just like has literal reactions like when it's really hot i just get so 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 red and like not happy like grumpy yeah. and this weather is like yeah. i feel optimal for my body but you haven't i haven't you, been, you haven't been through an entire winter yet so <laughs> it can be kind of rough here yeah. uh, for an entire winter because uh, going from all the way from like the fall through to We'll spring. see. I guess next year we'll, you can we'll see, but look up with I me. I think and... you can, uh, you know, kind of do your best. Like I got like a, a UVB lamp that I felt better. Uh, yeah. I, I just got it this year and so I felt better uh, in the winter when I had it. Mm-hmm. compared to when I didn't have it because every year during the winter it's like kind of a stretch you know it's like a long time yeah unless we go to like you know Mexico or Hawaii like in December mm-hmm. or, or or even like I went to uh um Arizona in November one year and yeah and just that helped a lot you yeah know? I feel like planning I think it will be optimal for me if I can like live here and then plan like in the winter months every two months like going even back to Colorado because the sun yeah, is Colorado, shining there or, or like try to get like a UVB lamp or something like that can be helpful which is the brand that you have I still haven't uh it. Spurdy is the one that I got Spurdy yeah so you want to do that yeah like you don't want to do that all the time uh but you know you might want to do that for you know uh, a couple months during the winter time and you could do that every day um with some red light so i i think if you're going to invest in that you want to invest in a red lamp red light as well as a uvb lamp so okay i'll put that in the um what's that brand that they they're like really popular brand for red light 
that you told me you didn't like, I think. Juve? Uh, Juve. Juve. Uh, I mean, it's just that it's expensive. And then also, I guess it's got, I haven't tested it, but I guess it's got a bad flicker. Um, the flicker's not very good. So, oh, interesting. Uh, there's, I thought there was another thing, but I think it's just that it's expensive. And then it also has, uh, the flicker rate's not ideal. And so then, uh, you know, you would have to do some things to it to make it so the flicker's okay. But why wouldn't you just buy something that's like, you know, maybe even cheaper that has a good flicker, you know, mm -hmm. uh, rate. So. Hmm, that's interesting. So when you, like, when do you, do you remember like when you got really interested in health and fitness, like in your life? Um, I got interested in just like uh, bodybuilding at first and just getting like bigger to yeah. help with like confidence and stuff like that. And I think at that helped age? a lot. Uh, I started that like out of high school. So like okay. it was like, you know, my, I think it was like my first year out of high school. Um, mm -hmm. I started doing that. It might have been even like at the end of high school. But anyways, I started going, just going to the gym and just working out and just doing like a bodybuilding type thing, mm -hmm. you know? And then, like, a couple of years into that, like, you know, I hurt my back and mm. it got all jacked up. And, like, uh, I went to, like, a bunch of different places to try to get it fixed. Uh, and it kind of made it worse and, like, you know, stuff like that. And so mm -hmm. then I was like, oh, man. And, like, I just kind of suffered through it. And I, you know, kind of adjusted my training uh -huh. to make it so I could, uh, you know, survive uh, and not have my back hurt as bad. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I, uh, found out about like PRI, mm -hmm. Postural Restoration Institute. And I was able to, like, I took like one course and like my left groin was hurting me so bad that at the end of the day, um, I would like be like limping, um, mm -hmm. to go home and stuff. And like, I would, I still have like SI pain too. Um, mm -hmm. and so... I was still like, you know, definitely had pain. And so then I went to the PRI course and it kind of like, you know, blew my mind because like everything was like, you know, different than what I thought. Mm -hmm. And I did like a couple exercises and like I could just immediately feel like my pain go away and get better. And I just kept getting like stronger at, you know, countering the asymmetries in my body so that I wouldn't have pain. Mm -hmm. And I just realized that, uh, you know, most of the things that uh, I was told about, mm -hmm. you know, my body and how it should move was incorrect and might even be like, you know, the reason why I was in pain yeah. for so long. And so then I just like kind of had that idea that, uh, you know, uh, everything you hear, you know, you, you need to question what you, you know, hear and your assumptions. Yes. And so then um, I found out about like, uh, I think. Jack Cruz was kind of like the first where I really dove into his stuff. Um, even though there might have been some like little things that I kind of found out about along the way mm -hmm. that kind of got me interested. And then uh, Jack Cruz helped me on like in understanding and like pointing me in the direction of a lot of other people who are or and sources of understanding like, you know, the health side. So then mm -hmm. like uh, Postural Restoration Institute helped me a lot with like the movement mm -hmm. uh, side and like maybe the like brain side like you mm -hmm. know how to you know movement and stuff affects my brain and how it functions and then uh, 
Jack Cruz helped me again with like brain function, but as well as like um, health uh, and like diet and all that stuff. And so I'd say those two. So like, yeah, basically it's just like been kind of like a long journey of not feeling like crap, you know, like the, the path of trying not to feel like crap, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and like, cause when I was in, I was out of like, so I had started working out too uh back like you know right after high school and not too long in I was like kind of burning the candle at both ends and I got mono and it was like so bad that I was like sick for like over a month and uh like I um just like I knew something was wrong you know and I kept going to all these doctors and they told me I was fine I just needed to go home and like I would go to like a doctor like you know probably like three times a week every week you know and just trying to like figure out like what's going on well why am I still sick like why like I definitely know something is wrong you know and this is not just a normal case of mono and I need to get some extra help and finally like after like just like begging this one doctor uh to just figure something else out do something else and he was finally like just like I guess I could send you to an ENT and I was like okay like yes we'll do that like anything because we didn't know what it was like mm-hmm. what that anything was but we just uh, me and my mom I'm saying we mm-hmm. but my mom was helping me through this uh, so uh we just wanted thought that you know just anything but we didn't know what the anything was and so he sent us to the ENT and then the ENT was like looked at me like for like not even five minutes and was like okay we got to get you in to do an MRI and he he ordered up the MRI we went in to get the MRI not too long after seeing the ENT and then uh we were leaving the after getting the MRI we were going back home and the ENT calls us and he's like come back to the hospital right now because you need to go into surgery right now and and he's like um you need to come in because if you like you know basically if you cough or sneeze then uh these uh big like uh, whatever, uh, pus basically pockets inside of your uh, glands of your uh, throat will most likely rupture and you will drown to death. Like, you know, and so he took me in and we went into like emergency surgery. So basically you got the MRI within like, you know, 20 minutes, we got the phone call. And then within an hour, we were like signing the paperwork for the surgery and stuff like that. And so then I went into surgery shortly after got all the stuff removed because I had like had fever like really high fever to the point where I like you know I was like worried about like brain damage and stuff you know for like like weeks um and then I got the surgery and then immediately I came out and I started feeling better the fever went away and then I like left the hospital that day (laughs) and it was like pretty good you know and uh it just like blew my mind that I went to so many doctors and like none of them were able to help me and to the point where even the last one he wouldn't have helped me if I hadn't have begged him and uh it just helped made me realize that you know like my health is really in my hands and only my hands mm-hmm. you know and no one else I, I can't expect anyone else to help me with it and I need to be you know fully responsible to the point where like I fully understand it as much as possible to help me with my health and I can't rely on anyone else and also the fact that, you know, 
most of what people, because the ENT dude was like, he was like, those doctors don't know what they're doing. They should have just given you antibiotics, you know, and so that you would have gotten the, you know, infection down and then you would have been fine. Not that I like love antibiotics because, you know, but, but like basically, yeah, if those doctors hadn't have just gone through the checklist, like, okay, we do this test we see this result. We tell them this, you know, if they would have just like used their brain a little bit, then they would have like realized that I wasn't okay and that I needed something else. And so it just made me realize that, you know, most things that you think are wrong and that your health is completely your responsibility. Oh my gosh. I love that. I didn't know that about your yeah. like sickness. That's insane. But I think that is such a like important lesson to be like, no one can, can like I'm in control of my health. And I, yeah. I think that that switch in my life has just been occurring like in the past like year or two really like I've always questioned everything. I've always kind of been like against the main yeah. thing, but not always with like my health. Um, and I'm just seeing so many, I'm seeing so many things from different people and hearing all these stories about people going to the doctors and not being heard or not being, not feeling like the person that's sitting across from them really cares about their health or just like, what, what are your symptoms? Okay. A, B, and C. Okay. I'm giving you, I'm prescribing you this drug. Mm -hmm. I think that's just so, at least Western medicine seems to me like so much like that. And I yeah. even seeing like an endocrinologist for like my hypothyroidism like she did not care about me at all and it was like so expensive and she didn't tell me anything that I didn't already know about like T4 and T3 and I was asking her like well what if I just have a nutrient deficiency in like a certain something that isn't helping me convert like T4 to T3 or what if it's due to me over exercising and under eating and she was like well like I think just this and she didn't really like listen to me mm -hmm. and I was like okay I probably won't go back to that yeah. doctor um it's just and I think so many people don't advocate advocate for themselves and their own health but mm -hmm. it's lack of knowledge um we went to four years of college and then we like learn about health and fitness and wellness because we're interested and we want to but average American probably has like fifth grade health literacy yeah yeah it's unfortunate but because I, I think that everything is your own fault you know even to that point you know, like if yeah like, yeah you know, no I you need to take I responsibility like of everything that happens to you hmm. um and if you don't think like that then you are a victim yeah and no so, I like that that's yeah. <laughs> so even if it's just like seems like stupid to think that this thing happened to me and it's my fault but it's not beneficial to think that in the victim type of a mindset um in my opinion so hmm yeah that's interesting I I see what you're saying but I still I don't know I just I think what you say about like questioning everything is super a good um like lesson to learn um because I recently was thinking a lot about like belief structures and like you, what you believe to be true in your mind mm -hmm. and how it's like what even is like true like you can't yeah. you know like that's why it's so silly when people get mad that they don't that you don't believe what they believe it's like 
different. We all believe different things that are true and nothing's true. Yeah, I, I agree. That's why, I, like, you know, I wouldn't expect anyone to think the way I think or I wouldn't tell someone to, you should think this way because, you know, that's the way I think, you know. Yeah, I think that's I think. just not productive. Yeah. Um, it's silly. I think with recent, like, things, I'm really seeing that a lot where people are so... Oh, yeah. Like, my view is the only right one, and if you don't believe this, then you're, like, the worst. Which they're, like, you know, totally just, like, basically shooting themselves in the foot, basically, because, like, if that person that you said that to and got angry with and, like, you know, polarized with uh, ever actually did consider what you were saying they would never admit it to you and you would never have like a friend that then agreed with you on whatever subject so Hmm. you know because like if you're like totally just open to people's ideas as well as your own ideas and then uh you know slowly someone totally disagreed with you with you but you just like okay that's great you know i'm glad that you uh are expressing your opinion um and then eventually they're like oh wait you know that thing that you were saying kind of makes sense to me now you know uh can you tell me more about it or whatever um compared to like you know you guys you divide you know more and then you know that person would just like throw up their defenses Mm -hmm. to that idea even if they did have like a slight you know thought that it might be true yeah, I agree with that. I think that has to do with, like, people attaching their belief to who they are. Their emotion, like, their yeah. ego their and ego, having, yeah. like, a lot of emotion. And they're... I feel like you're really good at not, like, having emotion <laughs> with... <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that might be a problem. I'm, like, flat. Maybe a little <laughs> bit. I think you could have a little more emotion, yeah. but... <laughs> Trust me, I'm aware. <laughs> but. but I think that in certain ways it's good. Yeah. And, that's why I like having conversations with you because I think sometimes I, I do have a lot of emotion, but when I'm like stating my mind or like having conversations with people, I'm, I'm not being emotional. I, I just say what I be, like think and I, I'm like blunt and no, try I think not that's to okay. have. As long as you don't expect other people to agree with you. Yeah. 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 I think that uh, I'm really working on that and I try to always be like that. There are certain things that I'm just like so deeply attached to I guess that I believe that I need to like work on releasing and not being like if someone disagrees with me it's okay Mm -hmm. um and I think I'm getting that way with like clients that I have discussions with on certain topics I think training people for a long time training someone for like five to six years that you don't agree with (laughs) you know yeah yeah you know? No, it's it's great, um, especially with a lot of the clients are like in tech and yeah, and they just have a totally different uh, viewpoint on what health means, or yeah. or maybe they're not even concerned with health and the you know yeah least, you know I yeah I think because one of my clients, what I was just telling you like before we started recording this is the um, the progress like oh we've progressed so much Emily my one client said like look at all this technology that we've created and like this fast like, this short amount of time, and I just said, yeah, like, I think that we've really, like, developed a lot of technology, but what are the rates of depression and divorce and suicide and obesity? Mm-hmm. Um, those have went up, Yeah, I think, a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just hard to say what progress means. Um, like, what progress, you'd have to define progress first, 
uh, and like what uh, like you know parameter you defines. know defines progress because progress is very you know it's so broad. yeah what do you how do you define yeah um, that's like what what were you telling me the other day that I was I was really thinking about it after we had the conversation we were talking about like evolution I think and I don't know if we were talking about that. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) um, I think we were talking about, like, evolution and how you need, like, a stressful, Mm. like, stress causes. Stress stress causes evolution. Like, stress causes change. Yeah, because if you never never had any stress, like, you would never change. I I think, in my opinion, as a person and also, like, as in terms of, like, a species. So, you know, you, you need to have a stressful event. Um, in order to like progress as a species or to like uh, fill like a niche or something like mm-hmm. that as a species but as, a, as well as like a person because like people like to say that like you know everything should be like zen and like you know everything should be like perfect and peaceful and you know you should not be not stressed but I don't agree with that I think that you just need to learn how to handle stress because stress is so important mm-hmm. to then develop you know and change and mm-hmm. progress whereas if you don't have the stress you just turn into like this wet noodle you know just, just you can't handle wet the, noodle. you know and then and then something does stress stressful yeah. does happen and then yeah. you just like can't handle it and you just like totally just fall apart and you know you just develop all these issues because of it almost like like your your story about the the black mirror episode almost you know mm-hmm. that could be a good, good no i th- i think that that is something i've really believed to that stress and i use i don't know i think it makes you resilient like being mm-hmm. exposed to as much stress or hardship or whatever word you um define those like, things by but like dealing with challenging things or like having injuries and i don't know i think it makes I think it makes you stronger exactly. um, in parts of your... So, yeah, I agree that stress is important. But what do you think, then, if, like, stress is a big thing that's causing change, I feel like humans right now are surrounded by more s- stress mm-hmm. than ever, in mm-hmm. my mind. Um, how do you think that's going to, like, shape the next centuries or years or... Um, that's hard to say what will happen I think that we're gonna see you know different changes in our uh, you know brain Mm -hmm. and how it deals with things as well as our body so like you could look at it in terms of like you know like in my experience if you were to talk to someone from the city compared to from the you know country and you were trying to get them to uh for example like sense a muscle firing you know and this person from the city they have like so in order to deal with the city and like the stress of the city Mm -hmm. they have disconnected from certain uh uh, parts of their body and so they they've totally just like disconnected from like you know their sensation of their like maybe their hamstrings or they've disconnected mm. from like their peripheral vision because there's so much like they're basically like a horse you know that they put little blinders on you know and you disconnect from you know what do you have to give up to then adapt to this new stress because mm. that's always it's always a you know mm. uh give take and then you know compared to someone from the country you know 
who's been moving and stuff like that and like you know they have like wide open spaces like they mm -hmm. still have their peripheral vision they still mm -hmm. have their muscles they have their sense of their hamstrings they haven't had to give up things to then deal with like you know something stressful like city life or something maybe mm -hmm. uh, you know like just like that's kind of how i think of it is we're going to see changes uh from these new stresses uh, and I don't know what those changes will be, but mm -hmm. there definitely will be changes. Mm, you know? That was a great example about like the city versus country. I uh -huh. think that's great. Cause so I, we're going to just turn into like a, a different form, like, you know, just like yeah, yeah, divide that off. more, you know? Yeah, I think yeah. I, I totally think that's true. Just like more and more and more division. I, that's a, I don't know. Division, unfortunately, seems like that's where we're heading is more of everything kind of more division in like you know Everything. in uh dividing from like uh ourselves as like you know humans like from our ancestral type of mm -hmm. uh you know living as well as like you know maybe even like from each other because like we're going to be more and more connected to our devices uh mm -hmm. you know that are in our hands and maybe even our brains you know yeah stuff, so yeah i think so um yeah. it's always interesting like because i totally grew up like in the country in the middle of nowhere like and just seeing how uh, different lifestyles it's just so interesting when you like are around are you okay mm -hmm. when you're around that and then you're around like city and it's it's so correct what you say like people not only like their bodies but their brains a lot too like what you were just describing um it's so interesting their sense of like connection to each other mm -hmm. is something that I always have felt because in my little town like you would go to the store and like see your pastor and you'd see like your volleyball coach and you'd see like all these people that you know and you have like a more like sense of community versus like in the city I feel like people are so isolated and like alone even though there's so many people around they don't really like have that many like they don't have a tribe like <laughs> yeah you know, it's just interesting to see yeah, I think that the difference. People get, I think you, you kind of mentioned something a little bit about it early on in the conversation about how people, uh, they uh, use like social media or something like that. Yeah. And then it almost like tricks them into thinking that they're being social, you know, because mm -hmm. they, they commented and they liked a, a post or two yeah. or, or however many, and then they, <laughs> they think, oh, I'm good on my social interaction for today. Yeah. You know? so. It's going to be interesting to see something I always thought about is like oxytocin, mm -hmm. which is like the hormone that gets higher when you're like touching people, if mm. I'm right, is that... I think it's like eye contact and touching. And yeah, eye like contact that, and yeah. touching. I think that's going to be depleted like mm -hmm. so much in people because people are with, like lacking on human connection, like touching and just like having conversations with people. It's so interesting to me that it's so rare when I find people like you or like other people that I meet that I can have like good conversations with because majority of the people I come into contact with like you can't have yeah it's very conversations uh, with them like uh what do you call it like very like superficial or like very uh first like you know kind of dimensional type of uh talking where you're just talking about people and so and then you like ideally you would talk more about ideas and stuff i think that's where it gets really interesting i get really uh 
tired of talking. Uh, that's why some people call me quiet, but I, I don't really enjoy talking about like just gossip and just like, oh, this person did this, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, okay, this is boring. I'd rather do something different, you know? <laughs> Instead, <laughs> like it's great to talk about like ideas and that, that more, that next level type of conversation. So. I agree. I hate when people talk, I shouldn't say hate, but I really dislike when people talk about to a point other yeah. people. Yeah. I think that it's like, um, plus learning about like, I've always said this, like you shouldn't talk badly about other people because it's hurting yourself like oh, yeah. more, more than, than, than it's hurting them. Person. Like it's yeah. silly. So I, I really don't like being surrounded by that type of conversation either. I'd rather just like have real whatever you define real conversations as but like mm-hmm. more deep in like what you're talking about like ideas and what you're thinking and like why you believe certain things I think it's interesting to yeah that's how you like really get to know someone because I've only known you for like I don't know when we met but I feel like I know you more than I know people that I've met like longer times and been yeah. friends with them for that's a good. while because yeah. our conversations weren't I don't know interesting yeah I think it's uh, very important. That's why, like, I don't know. Sometimes it's like hard to hang out with certain people, or it's easier to hang out with other people for sure. So, yeah, yeah you're feeling their energy too. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. If it's good or if it's bad. So, if you were to like ever, um, like be a coach of like optimal living, how would you like section it out? Like, would you do? Have you ever thought of that? Uh, a little bit, probably not as much as I should. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, how would I section it out? Yeah, like, what was the first thing you would teach somebody, like, to introduce them into this, like, way of living? Um, I think it, like, and I, I don't know how effective this would be, but I think, uh, one of the best things to do is try just to get them to do, like, one thing to get them to, uh, raise their like maybe like neurotransmitters and like maybe their dopamine in order to allow them to do the next thing or more things Mm -hmm. you know so like uh you know from jack cruz we i learned that uh you know seeing the early morning sunlight Mm -hmm. is like very very important in terms of getting all your hormones right and like increasing your dopamine and then if you have a better uh you know increased dopamine then you're going to then be able to do the next thing and so i think like just finding that one thing uh ideally like it might be just going out in the early morning sunlight Mm -hmm. every uh morning you know if you can get someone to do that one thing that then can allow them to do the next thing uh so that's what i would focus on first is just like because like if you try and just like take someone and you get them to change something that's like you know maybe even easier but then it won't allow them to then make other things easier mm. to change so like i'm just trying to like look at one of the bigger things that allows people to then be able to change more things so. hmm. why do you want to impact their dopamine uh so then they can like then they can produce more dopamine when they uh like it's like dopamine is more about like the the path uh so like you you uh you know, are doing, working towards the goal, you know, and you, it's like basically progressing you on every little step to that goal. And so like, if you don't have dopamine, then like if you take someone and it's very low dopamine or like maybe a mouse or whatever, and you're very low dopamine, they're not going to want to do anything. They're not going to want to like even 
Like maybe not even go to their food. It's like bowl, dopamine you know? depleted. Yeah, like. So that's probably why a lot of people use drugs too. Yeah, because they're looking for something like to help their dopamine, know, or yeah. it can downregulate their own dopamine if they're constantly getting like fake. Yeah, basically everything that you do is just a way of uh, trying to f- go back to uh, homeostasis. So mm-hmm. like you know, like you, if someone was doing drugs and they're trying to just get back to homeostasis, so maybe they're low on some th- certain things. You know, and so they're trying to bring it up, you know, hmm. or maybe someone is, I don't know, just going to, you know, go to sleep. You know, that was because your homeostasis was, you know, off. Mm, you know? Not good. Yeah, that's interesting. And so, yeah. So anyways, I would try to be bring people back to like a good level of dopamine that, you know, of normal homeostasis, I guess. Hmm. You know, that's where I would probably start, I guess. Because, uh, like, that's one of the thing I realized is that if you don't have that, like, you know, dopamine response or you don't have that excitement of, you know, doing that, the next thing or, mm-hmm. you know, where, you, what's the next thing that we're going to do and, you know, how are you going to do it and all that and, like, you know, the accomplishment type thing, then you're probably not going to do anything and everything's going to, you know, be, like, not successful. That's so interesting. I, <laughs> I had no idea that's how you would answer that. <laughs> question that's really that's how interesting I always think about it dopamine just getting people to have the ability to change yeah because people are so far away from that yeah I think uh, it's hard to like help people yeah it might be impossible like to help someone that doesn't have the ability to uh, even comprehend change you know mm-hmm. or or like you know it doesn't have high enough dopamine to be able to you know push themselves yeah that will be interesting i wonder if they've done any like research on different neurotransmitters i know there's a test you can do it's in ben greenfield's book and you can see what neurotransmitters you're more dominant in Mm -hmm. um it's interesting i'll find it and put the like website on there that you can do it in but i wonder if as like a a whole like at least maybe they could just do like the united states like looking at different brains and just see if it's changed at all i would yeah. be super interested to see oh yeah so yeah see how it's changed throughout like you know a period of time or something yeah yeah or different areas and see different areas yeah. where because like you were saying with the city i'm sure that they have different neurochemists neurotransmitters that are yeah. elevated or Firings. depleted you know. yeah if they're surrounded by like a bunch of noise Mm-hmm. like fake noise all the time and like honking horns and sirens and light and yeah they gotta turn some stuff off yeah it would be interesting to see yeah maybe we'll find that someday yeah it would be interesting i don't know if there's anything like that but it would be interesting <laughs> bugs <laughs> i know there's lots of bugs um okay so what do you think is something that you're trying right now to like optimize in your life that you feel like you still have to work on or do you feel like you've gotten everything i don't know i've gotten everything uh i think the big goals would be for me to just get more uh rural uh type living you know just get get further away you know into areas of less population and then um the other thing that i've been trying to do uh based off of that one study i was talking about earlier uh, where wearing glasses of any type is going to, uh, you know, um, affect your health. 
And so I've been trying to really make sure that if I'm indoors, then I'm in a environment where, or like I have windows open or just any way of getting, uh, you know, getting rid of that separation of like glass from the sun, you know, mm. as much as possible. So that's what I've been working on uh, lately. And then getting to the point where I can live in a more of a rural setting. So, that's great. Things. I like the windows. I try to always have my have windows, windows open. open. Yeah. I've thought of it too for like the start, like just getting fresh air. Yeah, fresh air. Um, yeah. I feel like that's got to be better than having just your one little room circulating the same air. Mm-hmm, for sure. And here, luckily, we don't need air conditioning. Yeah. Um, so that's nice to be able to have. Yeah, because then that's the funny thing is like you live somewhere like Arizona or something like that, and you're like, oh, you get so much sun. But then you actually don't because you're inside and you got the windows closed, you know, for a good yeah, portion of the year. Exactly. That's yeah, exactly. That's what I think is, um, for me, I couldn't live anywhere like that. I can't be, in, like, I wouldn't want to go outside. Where yeah. this is, like, a sunny day and it's, I don't know what the temperature is, like, 70s. Yeah. And I think it's hot. I'm like, this is hot enough <laughs> for me. Hot, like, yeah. <laughs> any warmer and I would have to be, like, in the water. I know. Our summers here are awesome, but the winters can be kind of rough sometimes. Yeah, you've lived a long time in the winters, though. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess after 20, however many years, or 30, I can see how I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll see if my brain changes um, living with clouds. Yeah. But I feel like I'll probably be in the sun more in the summer here than I would in Colorado. Yeah, that might be true, yeah. So it will be interesting. Yeah. Can you really, like, can you be in the sun more in the summer and then, like, soak up enough so that you're good for the winter? Uh, I think it just depends on how uh, the person and like how healthy you are um, and how old you are. Cause like, you know, a kid would be able to go out in the sun for a lot less time and develop more and create more vitamin D than an adult or like an elderly person would. Mm. If you're like elderly, you need to be out in the sun a lot more to create the same amount of vitamin D. Mm-hmm. So Why uh, is that so? Um, Do you know why it's like, why, why do you stop having the ability to like what's happening like in there? Uh, I'm not sure like the entire uh, spectrum of it, but I think a lot of it has to do with like uh, like your cholesterol levels and then like your hormone levels and like I don't know. I'd have to uh, look more into that to give you a really good answer. That'd be but, interesting though. Uh, I wonder like why certain people like what is about people that age that mm-hmm. I think everything kind of just goes down like <laughs> you know as you age so sadly yeah uh, it's, it's okay <laughs> what age do you think that I remember in college they told us once you turn 30 that's when start things start going down but I guess it depends how you live your life because it could really start going down from the time you're born if exactly yeah if you're not if you're not living your life right yeah I don't know um We'll see. I mean, I know a lot of people who say that they feel better when they're 50 than they did when they were 20, so yeah. I don't know. But maybe it's because they stopped, like, drinking and smoking weed and, like, doing these things. Yeah, it you just never depends know. on what people are doing. Yeah, yeah it will be interesting. Um, so something I wanted to ask you is about... Uh, you always hear, like... So you talk about, like, deuterium and, like, optimizing your life and all of these things to ultimately, like, be... I would, for me at least, it's to be, like, disease-free and, like, to not develop any cancer or dementia or all of these things. But then how do you 
view like it's genetics like people will say like well it's just genetics that you're gonna like get this or mm-hmm. it's just genes that you're gonna get this yeah i definitely think that there is a portion of genetics that will um, affect your health um but i like to focus on what i can control mm-hmm. um and again not develop that kind of like victim mindset where it's just like oh this happened to me because of something i can't control mm-hmm. and so then you know most people that aren't in this kind of uh you know that don't study health stuff don't know about like epigenetics and how it's not actually just your genetics it's what parts of your uh genes get turned on or off you know Mm -hmm. according to your environment and so then that is you know essentially your in your control and so like you know just because like your grandma you know had cancer or whatever uh disease and then doesn't mean that you're gonna get it if you don't turn that gene on that's gonna then you know give you whatever disease and so and usually it's your environment that's going to cause those genes to turn on or off so what do you mean by your environment like the sun and the yeah it could be that or stress like there's just oh yeah everything that's around you has a opportunity to turn on or off a gene Mm -hmm. every action you do and i i think every like thought you have too even even like impacts your body like yeah what's happening inside Hmm, that's interesting i like that because i i feel like sometimes people don't they just like you were saying like victim mentality they're like well like so and so have like it's in my genes yeah they're just like oh my mom had this so i'm just waiting until i get it you know? yeah yeah <laughs> we'll see it's... when i get it you know it's coming you know <laughs> which it's not like you can definitely like every single thing you do put makes an impact on your health and if you can just make small little changes in like yeah. your day then yeah you'll feel better exactly and you get like exponential changes in terms of your health with just like small changes uh in your environment and your thoughts and all that stuff so. yeah i think that's great well thank you so much for everything that you've taught me um you like seriously changed a lot of like the way that i like live not by like forcing me to but just by like being a role model and i'm like oh that's interesting and I just would even, like, think about something you say and be like, that's interesting. And you'd plant a seed for sure in my brain. That's good. And I would, like, search it. And so I'm so grateful cool. that yeah. you're in my life. Yeah. I'm grateful <laughs> for you as well. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for um, sitting out here and being on my podcast. Um, I will put in, like, your – you have a website, right? What's your website? <laughs> Uh, you, you can use my my training website cpaintraining.com nice so i'll link that in there so if you want to like and they can you could fill out like inquiries or whatever mm-hmm. to do training um and Corey's still my trainer um i still do like the workouts yep he programs i love it um definitely helped like my back a lot and just different like exercise things that i've never been exposed to that i feel for me at least make my body feel like stronger and more like resilient and more wild versus just going and doing like bodybuilding style workouts so I think that's great and thank you for teaching me that you should I've always thought that you should question everything but I think you really planted that seed being like what's real and always question people yep so thank you cool yay thanks for having me on of course let me make sure I can end it